Welcome to 365, December the 30th, Malachi chapter 1 to chapter 2, verse 17. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, give us your instructions and eyes and ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. We acknowledge you, Lord God. Come as the winter rain and the latter rain and fill our hearts and minds and our souls with your word and take us up to heaven and bring heaven down to here that we may meet halfway, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for intriguing us with your word, your love, and your laughter for this day, for today, in Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people say, Amen and Amen. Today's reading is Malachi. When recovery and transformations and restoration involves only changes in external behavior without internal change, there is the constant threat of relapse. This seems to be the case with the people in Jerusalem. Under Nehemiah's leadership, the people had rebuilt the walls of the city and their lives. But when Nehemiah returned to Persia, all the excellent activities and attitudes that he had fostered in the people disappeared. Now Malachi preached to a nation of backsliders, people who had relapsed. Even the spiritual leaders had fallen into old sinful patterns. As a result, they were suffering the consequences of economic depression, poor crops, and attacks of foreign marauders. Family life had dissolved and divorce was rampant. The people's religion lives were cold and empty. Malachi gave a message of hope to a nation that knew repeated failure. After being restored to their homeland, the Jews had forgotten the one who had delivered them. We tend to make the same mistake. As soon as we overcome our pressing problems, we forget the one who helped us escape. God, without a continued relationship with God, our hope of sustaining recovery is slim at best. We need to keep our eyes on God, the source and means for success in recovery. Although Malachi presented a long list of the people's sins woven throughout his words of judgment is a clear message of hope and forgiveness. As the final book of the Old Testament, Malachi forms a bridge with the New Testament with its promise of the coming of another prophet like Isaiah 4, 5, 6. This promise was fulfilled in the coming of John the Baptist who prepared the way for the Messiah, Jesus Christ, with God. There is always hope. The purpose of the book of Malachi is to confront the people of get, by getting back on track after they have relapsed into old patterns of sin and behavior. Amen. A little more into this beautiful last book of the Old Testament, Malachi. Is it? Yeah, it's the last one. God always loves us. God loves for the people of Jerusalem and, to, and he and to us cannot be explained. Again, God's love for the people of Jerusalem and to us, how he loves us, cannot be explained. God knows the depths of our sins. He knows how weak we are, yet he still loves us. There is nothing that we can do to lose this love that we never deserve in the first place. God's love has the power to heal the broken place in our lives. Our failures, relapse, and defenses cannot stop God from wanting to heal us. This fact should give us hope for recovery, no matter how terrible our past sins and failures. 
Forgiveness is foundational for recovery. The way of forgiveness always leads us on the path back to a relationship with God. God wants us not only to receive his forgiveness, but also to be forgiven people, passing on to others what he has so freely given to us. If we can receive God's forgiveness and grant forgiveness to others, we will have laid a solid foundation for lasting recovery. God is always with us. God wants us to turn to him for healing and forgiveness. He was patient for hundreds of years. He was patient for hundreds of years with the people of Israel in spite of their sin. He is just as patient with us now. When God spoke to the prophet, he had a message of hope woven into his warnings of judgment. And Malachi, God continued this time by promising a prophet like Elijah who would come and proclaim a message of forgiveness and freedom to all people. God is with us even now to help us manage our unmanageable lives. We can receive his help by trusting him and obeying his will. Amen. One more, a little more on Malachi. Priest bridged the relationship between God and the people. They were responsible for reflecting God's attitude and character. By accepting imperfect sacrifices, they were leading the people to believe that God accepted such sacrifices as well. But God said, I am not pleased with you. The priest didn't take God's priority seriously, even though he had reminded them many times through his word. Today, all believers are God's holy, holy priests. We represent God to everyone we come in contact with, friends and strangers. God has had a chosen people, the Jews through whom he planned to save and bless the entire world. Believers are now part of this mission. God still wants to us believers to reach out, save and bless all people everywhere. The priests in Malachi's day have stopped loving God, and thus they did not know nor care what he wanted. How do you find out what is most important to God? Begin by loving him with all your heart, soul, and strength. Deuteronomy 6.5 When we love God, we respond to God's spirit and word. His spirit compels us, and his word lights our way. And how do we love God? How do we initiate that? By gratitude. By thanking him for the simplest thing that's in front of you. You can move your toes, ankles, have a good night's sleep, have rest. Freedom from noise, pestilence, uh, freedom from mildew and mold and toxins, freedom from uh, noisy, drinking, drunken neighbors, freedom from a lot of things, sirens, helicopters. God is a peaceful God. If you ask him to fix you up, he'll fix you up. Amen. What's another thing that we can... I believe that from, from us, from gratitude, from reading his word, two, three hours, someone told me that I was not going to make it if I didn't read six hours a day. Uh, it seems like I did take him seriously, huh? I try. I don't know. But I get love out of it. My actions... Qualify me for me to receive the love of God. How about that? No actions, no love. You think I'll get love by watching football game after football game? 
You know what I get? I get this satisfaction. The blahs, cranky, wanna, you know, I was, thank God that I was made and I, we can't do anything else without seeking him with a lot of reading. It is just plain experience that without God, man isn't anything. All right, let's go ahead and read from uh, chapter 1 and part of 2 to verse 17. This is the message in the book of Malachi that the Lord gave to Israel through the prophet Malachi. I have always loved you, says the Lord. I have always loved you, says the Lord. But you retort, really? How have you loved us? And the Lord replies, this is how I showed my love for you. I love you. I love your ancestor Jacob, but I rejected his brother Esau and devastated his hill country. I turned Esau's inheritance into a desert for jackals. Esau's descendants in Edom may say, we have been shattered, but we will rebuild the ruins. But the Lord of heaven's armies replies, they may try to rebuild, but I will demolish them again. Their country will be known as the land of wickedness, and their people will be called the people with whom the Lord is forever angry. When you see the destruction for yourself, you will say, truly the Lord's greatness reaches far beyond Israel's borders. The Lord of heaven's army says to the priest, a son honors his father and a servant respects his master. If I am your father and master, where are the honors and respect I deserve? You have shown contempt for my name, but you ask, how have we ever shown contempt for your name? You have shown contempt by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. Then you ask, how have we defiled the sacrifices? You defile them by saying the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. When you give blind animals as sacrifice, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? Try giving gifts like that to your governor and see how pleased he is, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Go ahead, beg God to be merciful to you. But when you bring that kind of offering, why should he show you any favor at all? Ask the Lord of heaven's armies. How I wish one of you would shut the temple door so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of Heaven's army, and I will not accept your offerings. But my, my name is honored by people of other nations. From morning till night, all around the world, they offer sweet incense and pure offerings in honor of my name. For my name is great among the nations, says the Lord of heaven's army. But you dishonor my name with your actions. By bringing contemptible food, you are saying it is all right to defile the Lord's table. You say it is too hard to serve the Lord. And you turn up your noses at my commands, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Think of it. Animals that are stolen and crimped and sick are being presented as offerings. Should I accept from you such offerings as these? Asked the Lord. Curse is the 
cheat who promises to give a fine ram from his flock, but then sacrifices a defective one to the Lord. For I am great king, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and my name is feared among the nations. Listen, you priests, this command is for you. Listen to me and make up your mind to honor my name, says the Lord of heaven's army, or I will bring a terrible curse against you. I will curse even the blessings you receive. Indeed, I have already cursed them because you have not taken my warning to heart. I will punish your descendants and splatter your faces with the manure from your festival sacrifices. And I will throw on you the manure pile. Then at last you will know that it was I who sent you this warning. So that my covenant with the Levites can continue, says the Lord of Heaven's army. The purpose of my covenant with the Levites was to bring life and peace. And that is what I give them. This required reverence from them. And they greatly revered me and stood in awe of my name. They passed on to the people the truth of the instructions they received from me. They did not lie or cheat. They walked with me, living good and righteous lives, and they turned many lives from sin. The words of a priest live should preserve knowledge of God, and people should go to him for instruction. For the priest is the messenger of the Lord of heaven's armies. But you priests have left God's path. You instructions have caused many to stumble into sin. You have corrupted the covenant I made with the Levites, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So I had made you despised and humiliated in the eyes of all people. For you have not obeyed me, but have shown favoritism and the way you carry on my instructions. Are we not all children of the same Father? Are we not all created by the same God? Then why do we betray each other, violating the covenant of our ancestors? Judah has been unfaithful, and the detestable thing has been done in Israel and in Jerusalem. The men of Judah have defiled the Lord's beloved sanctuary by marrying women who worship idols. May the Lord cut off from the nation of Israel, every last man who has done this and yet brings an offering to the Lord of heaven's armies. Here's another thing you do. You cover the Lord's altar with tears, weeping and groaning because he pays no attention to your offerings and doesn't accept them with pleasure. You cry out, why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? I'll tell you why, because the Lord witnessed the vows you, you and your wife made when you were young, but you have been unfaithful to her. Though she remained your faithful partner, the wife of your marriage vows. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife in body and spirit? You are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth, for I hate divorce, says the Lord of Heaven's army. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of Heaven's army. So guard your heart, do not be unfaithful to your wife. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him, you ask? You have wearied him by saying that all of who do evil are good in the Lord's sight, and he is pleased with them. You have worried him by asking, where is the God of justice?
Wow. Let's read a little bit more of the commentary on that part. The Judeans had experienced many recent triumphs through God's power. God had allowed them to return to the promised land after years in exile. Then, with God's help, they overcame great obstacles and rebuilt the temple and the city of Jerusalem. The people had many reasons to thank God and recognize His power or restoration. Despite the great triumph they had experienced, however, they quickly returned to their sinful ways. After experiencing great victories with God's help, we can easily fall back into our old destructive patterns. We can be reminded regularly of what God has done and can do by listening to others' stories of deliverance and recovery. God did not want empty words of repentance. He wanted the people to back up their words with appropriate action. If they were really sorry for their sins and honored God in their hearts, they would have brought their best offerings to Him. Instead, they exposed their insincerity by bringing blemishes, sacrifices, and keeping the best for themselves. If we don't back up, our mental resolutions with actions, all our thoughts and resolutions pertaining to recovery, restoration will achieve nothing. Even Israel's religion leaders failed to show God proper respect. God singled these people out for special punishment because they used their influence to hurt rather than to help the people under them. We are all in a position of influence of some level. Some of us are responsible for Many other are of us influence only our family, spouse, or a few friends. No matter what our position, we can influence people for either good or bad, good or evil. Influence people for either good or evil. If we have led others astray, our responsibility is to acknowledge our failure and do what we can to make amends. This may mean helping them overcome dependencies that we've led them into. Incredible, incredible readings. Amen. Let's see. Malachi 2.17. A couple more. Some of the judges had been disloyal to their wives and divorcing them, putting these women in a situation where they had no means of supporting themselves. This practice was unethical and terribly cruel. God hates divorce. The family was his idea, and family commitments were intended to be binding. Many of us have experienced firsthand the pain of broken marriages. For some of us, that is the pain driving our addictions. For other of us, our addictions were primary cause of our family's dissolution. A broken family is a serious hindrance to recover. We need strong relationships to hold us accountable and keep us on the right track. Part of recovery includes making amends to family members and rebuilding our damaged relationships. God's standards cannot be ignored with impurity. The people had built walls of denial so thick that they considered their evil deeds to be good. If we refuse to recognize and respect God's standards, we will suffer severe consequences. Recovery is possible only if we recognize our 
need for God and the value of his program. As long as we as long as we fight it, we will face steady decline leading to disaster. If we trust God and follow his will, we can be sure he will strengthen us as we work towards recovery. Amen. And as I trust God, I ease off by thanking God I'm a mess up. And then he's able to guide me easier. I'm able to, to accept failures easier. You know, without failure, success won't come. We need to keep swinging at it, keep practicing, keep and keep missing the mark. Amen. And now for the book of Revelations. In today's reading on Revelation chapter 21, we have the new Jerusalem is where God lives among his people. Instead of our going up to meet him, he comes down to be with us. Just as God became man in Jesus Christ and lived among us, John 1.14. The city measurements are symbolic of a place that will all hold all God's people. These measurements are multiples of 12, the number for God's people. There were 12 tribes in Israel and 12 apostles who started the church. And the walls are 144 cubit thick, so that's 216 feet. There are 12 layers in the walls and 12 gates in the city. The length, width, and height are all on the of the same 12,000 stadia, or 1,400 miles. The New Jerusalem is a perfect cube, the same shape as the most holy place in the temple, 1 Kings 6.20. The temple, the center of God's presence among his people, was where people worship. No temple is needed in the new city, however, because God's presence will be everywhere. Revelation 21-22, God will illuminate the whole city, which means that the city will be enveloped by him. <clears throat> we will be able to worship God throughout the city. Nothing will hinder us from being with him. <clears throat> Amen. Revelations. Okay, let's go back and read something from the Recovery Bible on Revelations chapter 21. In chapter 21, <clears throat> let's pray. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. As we think about making changes in our lives, we may find ourselves dwelling on our defects of character. In Revelations 21, removing our defects may seem to be an overwhelming task, despite the fact that God has promised to do the work. Perhaps if we could just catch a glimpse of life beyond recovery, our hope will be revived. The Apostle Paul wrote, and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus returns. <clears throat> Philippians 1.6 The Apostle John wrote, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eye. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And one sitting on the throne said, 
look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. Revelations 21, 3 to 6. This is hope for all of us, no matter how terrible our past or the problems we face today. Someday, all of our defects will be gone. All things will be made new. The thirst of our souls will be quenched by the water of life. Amen. What hope in chapter 21, what hope this scene gives us ever since the first sin in the Garden of Eden, God has been working to restore his earth to its original perfection. He even sent his son to suffer and die, overcome the power of sin and death, and to begin the process of healing in those who love him. It is God's will to make old things new. He will make a new heaven and a new earth for his people by following his will for our lives. We become part of God's plan of restoration. He will free our souls from bondage to sin. We can receive him into our lives today and begin this restoration process without delay. At the conclusion of these wonderful promises of restoration, we are reminded that in Revelation 21, that some will mourn at Christ's return. Those who are rejected, who have rejected God by their selfish and ungodly living will be thrown into the lake of fire. If we remain enslaved to our dependencies, we are headed for that terrible end. Rejecting God's offer of healing will lead to an eternity of suffering. The second death, but we can choose to stop being controlled by ungodly people and destructive substance and put our lives into God's hands. Only he has the power to deliver us from the power of sin and addiction. If we rely on him, he can restore our lives and make us part of his plan for restoring his created world. The New Jerusalem is portrayed as the radiant bride of the Lamb. The eternal city has 12 gates representing the 12 tribes of Israel and 12 foundation stones representing the 12 apostles of Christ. Thus, the city, the bride, represents the people of God. We, as a community of faith, are members of the church, the bride of Christ. What a wonderful picture of grace. No matter how many mistakes we have made in the past, God forgives us through Christ. And we are welcome into an intimate relationship with God. We can begin this healing relationship with God today by giving our lives to Him. Amen. And now for the reading of Revelations 21. Then I, John, saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth have disappeared And the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, like a bride, a beautiful dress for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eye. And there will be no more death or sorrows or crying or pain. 
All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God and they will be my children. <clears throat> but cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, immortal, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come with me, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper as clear as crystal. The city wall was broad and high with 12 gates guarded by 12 angels. And the names of the 12 tribes of Israel were written on the gates. There were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. The wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked to me held his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city his gates and his walls. When he measured it, he found it it was a square, as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. Then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick, according to human standard used by the angel. The wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. The wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth Amethyst. The twelve gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl, and the main street was pure gold as clear as glass. I saw no temples in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city had no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day, because there's no night here. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor unto the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty. But only those whose names are written in the Lamb Book of Life. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Amen. Now for the reading of Psalms 149. But first, let's go ahead and praise the Lord. Let us praise God for lifting us up. Let us praise Him because we have committed our life to honor God by living justly and, and giving Him thanks at all times. In Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 149. <clears throat> praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing His praises in the assembly to the faithful. O Israel, rejoice in your Maker. O people of Jerusalem, exalt your King. Praise His name with dancing, accompanied by tambourine and harp. For the Lord delights in His people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let the faithful rejoice that He honors them. Let them sing for joy as they lie on their beds. Let the praises of God be in their mouth and a sharp sword in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with shackles and their leaders with iron chains, to execute the judgment written against them. This is the glorious privilege of his faithful ones. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 31, 10 to 24. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will be greatly enriched. She will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She finds wool flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her husband and plans the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamps burn late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread. Her fingers twisted fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arm to the needy. And she has no bear. And she has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspread. She dresses in fine linen and purple gown. Her husband is well known to the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and satchels to sell to the merchants. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 